God is so good. <laughs> God is so good. You know, there's a song, God is so good. Hallelujah. God is so good. Those words are so simple. But all through the Bible, what does King David talk? His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. He said, I'd rather be judged by you, God, than by them. (laughs) He knows we have a God out there that truly loves us. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. His mercy, His mercy endureth His mercy, His mercy. down in green pastures he maketh me to lie down close your eyes close your eyes you see so much better when you close your eyes because you see in the spirit he maketh you and me to lie down in green busy world that you're in today going to school or working hard and laboring for this and for that and God said forget about it (laughs) said Martha Martha why are you laboring be like Mary it comes easy knowing me is peace have I told you not peace I give you peace I leave you Peace, the peace that comes from within, the peace I give you. Peace that passes human understanding.
past the principalities, past the laboring, a place where you can be still and know that I am the I am, the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega, that the rhema of my word will soak into you. you have been in the presence of the Almighty. I tell you my sheep will know my voice. Why? Because there are many voices out there. But my sheep Yesterday, today, and forever. I tell you, be strong in the Lord. Faith is the assurance of things not seen. Faith, faith is what I am drawing you to, strengthening your faith in a world that has little faith in me. But I say in the end times, you will need this faith to be strengthened. You will need to know the summy sound of my voice. When I call you, that you will say yes and amen. And put your net down. And as you put your net down, you will come to me. And I will call you by name. And you will know me Draw near, near, near. Draw near to me. Don't be afraid. And I will draw near to you in the secret place of the Most High. When you leave the noisy world and you come into your place of prayer, you will find me and you will know me 
praise the Lord. The Lord is saying he is building an army. When we were in Urson, the Lord showed us the beginning of the army. Urson. Jehoshaphat army. And in that army, it's an army of faith. It's an army of believers that have taken the decision that they will hear the verse of God and they will follow the shepherd. They are not double-minded. They don't need to be coaxed or manipulated or pushed because God's voice is within them and they will act in unity because they will hear the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, the righteous are as bold as a lion. And in forgiveness, in purity, in sanctification, you find righteousness. You can't act on faith if you're not pure and sanctified before the Lord, because you will wobble there's a darkness in your life is sin provoking and when you go to bind and you go to loose it's coming from your head and not your spirit and God would say separate yourself from this world you're in the world but you're not of the world you're in it because you do everything in it but you're not of your character is not that of the world your character is built by our Lord. So he says, my army, I am in training them. So those that have committed their hearts to the Lord and has not been seduced back into the things of the world is the army he's looking for. They're not one foot here and one foot there. <laughs> back and forth, north and back. No. They're saying, no, I'm planted. I'm planted here to grow. To grow. Praise the Lord. And out of that, God is building his army full of passion, full of strength, intercessors, evangelists, people that have gifts, different gifts. This is his silent army. The army that moves in the spirit realm. The army that hears things in the spirit. The army that waits and speaks forth as following the cloud. The army that follows the leading of the Lord. He is training God. I'm going to ask you to stand up. And God is going to create, right now he's showing me there's a, a gentle spirit that starts within. It's not a female spirit and it's not a male spirit. It's just a spirit that's in the deep places. And God wants bringing it forth. We're going to pray in the spirit. She 
super healing. of your spirit. God is healing deeper places right now. Remember the world takes gentleness and meekness as weakness, but God takes it as strength. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. from the curse.
There's no male or female or Jew or Greek in the spirit. There's only spirit. Hallelujah. Every traditional curse be broken in the name of Jesus. We are free in Jesus. Hallelujah. in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you lift us up, Lord. We love you, Lord. We glorify your holy name. We praise you. We worship you, Lord.
Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's give a clap offering to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we rejoice in your presence. You're awesome, Lord. Beginningless, endless, Lord. Lord, you make 300 trillion universe multiply by endless eternities to flee away from your presence, Lord. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit in our midst. Thank you for deliverance, for healing, and most of all, for salvation, Lord. Lord, thank you, Father. We rejoice. We rejoice, Lord. We rejoice from the spirit, man, Lord. We rejoice not because of the way we think or we see or we feel, because of what we know, Lord. We know the truth, Lord. We are not of this world. Lord, we are not of this kingdom. We are from your kingdom, Lord. And your kingdom rules over all, says the book of Psalms. And we are above and not below. We are the head and not the tail. More than conquerors. Seated in the heavenly places. Ruling over all the powerless power of the enemy. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bless, bless your people tonight. Let the Holy Spirit, the anointing that breaks the yoke, Lord. Let that rema, reality of the spirit man, rise like a volcano, erupt. A divine explosion in our midst, Lord. You tell us, you shall know, you shall perceive, you shall grasp the truth, the reality. And the truth shall set you free, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm just going to continue tonight with the Spirit, okay? I want to upset the apple pie here. Well, as Pastor mentioned before, we're Mark and Melinda Milan from Texas. Originally, myself from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Melinda from New York City. And we're here in South Korea. We came. The Lord brought us here to bless you. He told us to bring a deposit. We want to bring a deposit to you, into your spirit man tonight. We want to enrich you, all right? And I know that you're already rich and powerful in the spirit, but you know, there's no end to what God could do in our lives. <laughs> He's eternal. It will take an eternity to get to know him, and still we won't know him, all right? And that's the difference between him being the creator and we're just mere creatures. <laughs> all right. I was struck but uh, what... Uh, Pastor Chris said earlier, and I think it was the Holy Spirit, it was inspirational, speaking through him. The Lord has set an open door that no man can shut, all right? Say it with me. The Lord has set an open door that no man can shut. And not only man, but demons, spirits, or anything that is in this world that opposes itself to, you know, the Word of God, all right? Okay? Now, there's a door. There's a door for, you know, each one of us here tonight. There's a door that we must walk through, okay? And that door is like the eye of a needle, right? Jesus was talking about the, that very small door that we have to kind of humble ourselves, right? And bow down and we have to squeeze ourselves, you know, through the opposition, the afflictions, the tribulation. It takes humility and it takes submission. 
In First Peter, the word says that humble yourself, you know, unto the mighty hand of the Lord. Submit yourself. It's a military term, by the way. Yes, sir. You don't ask how and why. You don't ask questions. You don't murmur. You don't complain. You say, yes, Lord. The Lord knows better. Yes, Lord. Let's, you know, we let go of the envies, the jealousies, the pride, the unbelief, the fears, the worries, you know, the poor old me attitudes, self-pity, and we just go. And we walk through the door. That's the open door. That's the open door. Now, where is that door? Okay, Brother Mark, I understand what you're saying, but where is the door? Where, where you know, can I find the door? Well, the door is Jesus. We know that, right? He says, I am the door. But to be more specific, what Jesus is saying is, I am the door, and you are going to find this door in my word, because I am also the word, you see? And I'm also the spirit. So when you get the word, the message of the word, and you unite it with the reality of the spirit, because the spirit makes the word real to us, you see? You can't separate the word from the spirit, and you cannot separate the spirit from the word. If you do, you know, if you separate the word, then it's going to be kind of an intellectual message. And if you separate the spirit, then it's going to be sort of like an emotional message, you see? We're going to be looking for experiences. And that's not where God is at, okay? And he's not on the other side either, in the intellectual side. We need the word and we need the spirit. And that creates the door. That's the door that the spirit was prophesying earlier tonight. The Lord has set an open door you know, for you to walk through. And I'm going to show you tonight how you can open the door in your lives. The Lord has given us specific principles in, in the Bible, okay? How we can find that door. We're all going through different trials tonight, you know, greater trials, lesser trials. But no matter what you're going through, whether spiritual, mental, physical, circumstantial, maybe you're praying for your loved ones, you know, what have you? God is going to show you specific principles so you can rise to new levels of divine freedom. New levels, okay? From faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Now turn with me to enough cable here. Yes, I do. Okay. To Mark 11. And I'm going to try to read from verses 22 through verse, verse 24, okay? If I have enough time tonight. Here's the marker. Great. The teaching, uh, you know, in Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, is summed up. These three objects right here, okay? Here you go. This is Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. What do you think? It looks great, right? <laughs> it does, you know. And it, it, it will in a while. You know, All right, let's read from verse 22. Now, notice that prior to verse 22... Jesus 
cursed the fig tree and you know he said you know that okay you're gone you know you're dead that's it and well I guess nothing happened when Jesus spoke the word right everybody looked to the tree and says I guess the Lord missed it okay let's keep going okay (laughs) (laughs) all right then they got to the temple and then he gets inside the temple and he boom he takes the whip and get out of here and then, okay, they go back, you know, whatever. They go on their way. And we arrive to verse 20, 21 here. 21, 20, yes. And he says, And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, Master, behold, the tree that you cursed has withered away. You see? It took about a day for what God has spoken through his word to be fulfilled. It didn't happen right away. See, earlier tonight we were praying for Brother Michael, right, if I recall well, and some other people. And, you know, when we pray, it seems like nothing happens. Okay, it's a good prayer, but we don't know what's going to happen, you know. It doesn't look too promising, you know. The guy is just about to claim a bankruptcy or whatever, you know, he's struggling financially. But, you know, nothing is impossible with God. It takes a whole bunch of intercessors like you to stand in the gap. And God will do wonders. See, God owns the cattle and the thousand hills, the silver and the gold. He tells us in Deuteronomy, I give you the power to get wealth. And God can bring that man here, you know, 20 times if he wants to. And he can pour out money from heaven and he won't have to claim a bankruptcy, whatever, okay? So when we begin to pray and intercede and stand in the gap and we use the principles of the word, then we'll bring God upon the scene. See, what we need to do is bring God upon the scene. You want to get out of your way. You see, you want to stand on God's shoes right here, okay? I am his, you know, he has given me power of attorney. He's giving you power of attorney. So, he's standing out of himself inside of you. You're representing him here in this world, okay? That's why Paul was able to say, it's not I. It's not I. In the Greek, that word I means ego. It's not my ego. It's not me, okay? But Jesus, you see? Jesus. His will has become my will. His desires have become my desires. You see? It's not the selfish mark or the selfish you trying to do your own thing. You know? I did it my way. You remember that song? I spit it out and all that stuff, you know? That's nonsensical, okay? You're going to lose in the long way if you do that. I want to sing, I did it his way. It sounds better, right? Doesn't it? (laughs) His way is the way. There's no other way. Any other way is a shortcut to the wilderness, okay? All right. So now... We come to verse uh, 21, just, you know, before 22. And Peter said, okay, fine, Lord, look what happened. That tree is gone. It's withered. And then Jesus, taking those two examples, okay, the tree as well as, you know, going inside the temple and casting out the money changers. That's symbolic here. I'm sure you've read it many, many, many times before, but you never thought about the fact that that's symbolic, of demons invading the temple of your soul and the temple of your physical body. Hello? Have you thought about that before? And Jesus, inside of you, wants to take authority and take the whip of the word and cast the money changers 
you know, the wheelers and dealers, those voices and images that keep speaking to you, right? Nagging you morning, noon, and night out of the temple of your soul and out of the temple of your physical body. He wants to do house cleaning here, okay? And then he goes on on verse 22. Now we'll start. And it says, And Jesus answering saith, This is all King James, old James here, okay? Unto them, Have faith in God. He's not saying have faith in yourself. Have faith, have faith in the natural. He says have faith then he goes on and adds, in God, all right? See, we're faith creatures by nature. We were born with faith. But our faith all along was being a natural kind of faith, ruled by the physical senses and the, you know, the reason and the logic of our souls, the, 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 you know, the, the mind of the world. Now he says, I want you to turn around, you know, 180 degrees. And I want you to exercise faith in the realm of the spirit. Here. How many of you know where the spirit man is? Raise your hand. Where is your spirit man? Can you tell me where is the geographical location of your spirit man? Here? Here? Where is it? Right here. Jesus talks about the belly. Okay? Right? Shall flow rivers of living waters. You see right here. Just put your hand right here and say, this is my spirit man. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a man feels funny, right? Sounds funny too, right? You know, never thought about this before. <laughs> this is a spirit man, you see? Now, this is a part of you that has nothing to do with thoughts, images, understanding, or, you know, feelings, right? Or the circumstances around you. It operates by knowledge. That's why Jesus says, you shall know the truth. He never said, you shall intellectualize the truth. You shall know, you shall perceive the truth, and the truth shall, uh, shall set you free. The spirit man speaks to you. Sometimes he, you know, he, he'll bring a scripture to your remembrance. You might probably hear an audible voice from the spirit, a hunch, you know. In the States, they call, you know, we call it a hunch, just, you know, sort of like a, an inward knowing. Sometimes you, you know that something is right or something is wrong. You cannot explain it in, in, intellectually. It's just, an, you know, Something inside of you that is telling you, you know, about the situation. Or a vision. But regardless, whichever way God decides to speak to you, he will always bring it through the realm of the spirit man, okay? It is the spirit that quickens, the Bible says. See, for so many years of our life, we, we were brought into this world. We were born spiritually dead. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 says, Doing the desires of the thoughts and of the flesh. We had that uh, kind of mindset for so many years of our life until we came to the Lord. And even coming unto the Lord does not guarantee. I mean, becoming born again does not guarantee there's going to be transformation, you see. It, you know, what it occurs is regeneration, spiritual regeneration. But it has to be followed that by what? Renewal that needs to transformation. Renewal. The renewal of your mind. You see? You got to get rid of the old habits, the old programming. You see? The old thinking. You know? And then turn around and acquire the mind of Christ. Which is the mind that is based, you know, 
the world. The world, right? Have faith. Faith is that which your human will produces. You see, your faith comes from your will. You make the choice out of your will and you produce faith. It's a particular belief. I like blue, you like yellow, he likes, she likes uh, whatever, you know, gray. <laughs> Why? Why are you wearing a t-shirt tonight? Because I want to. Because I like it. I made that decision earlier and that's it. Don't ask me how and why. So you see, every time we, we make a decision, our, our will will produce faith. And that, that faith will be centered either in the realm of the spirit or in the realm of the, the flesh, the thoughts, you know, the images. And that faith will give either God the legal right to act on your behalf or will give the devil judicial power to act against you, to bring curses in your life. You understand that? Faith will give God the legal right to act on your behalf or it will give the devil undisputable rights that will allow him to bring curses and disgraces in your life. So the choice is not, you know, that it's not, you know, it has nothing to do with either with God or with the devil. The choice is ours. Behold, I said before you, life and death. Choose life that you might live. And this is what Jesus is, is you know, is talking about here. Have faith in God. Okay. Let's go to verse 23. For verily I say unto you. Verily I say unto you. Let's divide this circle right now. In four segments here. Four parts. Notice that Jesus becomes. It's a challenge statement right here. For verily I say unto you. That whosoever. So. You are that whosoever. It's you. It's talking about you. He's addressing himself to you. It's a challenge statement. For verily I say unto you. Actually in the Greek, I don't want to know, it says, instead of verily it says, Amen. Amen. I say unto you. Amen. He's twice. Amen. In Korea, it's amen, right? Amen. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen, I say unto you. Amen means it is and it shall be. Ooh. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm just jumping for joy here, okay? It is. It's already taking place in the realm of eternity. Take this thing out of here. See, I like to jump and dance and move around here. But I'm kind of concerned that I'm going to trip, you know, and I'm going to choose something silly here tonight. Okay. <laughs> See, it is, and it shall be. It's already taking place. Potentially, it's already existing. But it needs, like a seed, needs the, the, the proper soil and the water and the diligence of, you know, taking care of it to germinate. You see? To become real. To go from the invisible into the visible. So you can receive the manifestation. It is. It's taking place. What do you need? Healing tonight? What do you need? Deliverance tonight? What do you need? To get right with the Lord? You need, you need holiness? You need sanctification? Regardless of what you need, okay? It's already existing in the realm of the spirit. You just need to grab hold of it by faith. 
You need to change your mind, your desires, and get right with the Lord. And then that kind of faith is going to allow God, is going to give him the legal right to bring it, to bring the manifestation, to bring it into existence. That's what he said to the woman. Uh, woman, great is thy faith, or thy faith has made you whole. Now, it's not that my faith is going to do wonders in itself, okay? Don't get it wrong, because I know some people preach against, you know, having faith. But it is the faith that is centered on God that gives, gives God the power, you see, to come upon the sin and create regeneration, deliverance, salvation, healing, provision, whatever it is. So your faith is that part of us that say, says to God, God, take over. Go ahead. I'm embracing you right now. In the midst of the crisis, instead of getting all depressed, defeated, I'm embracing your word. And what was that? Uh, about two and a half weeks ago, we left Texas in faith, right? So we, you know, we had our house for sale. So we gave it to our, 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 our friend. He's a real estate agent. We gave him power of attorney. Somehow, somewhere, this guy lost contact with the mortgage company. So we had a buyer already. He was willing to pay, you know, what we were asking for. But the mortgage company foreclosed on us. We got a letter. <laughs> Boom, that's it. You're gone. Foreclosure. Well, of course, it was a time of crisis. We, you know, here we're in South Korea calling all the way to, uh, you know, uh, the U.S. trying to make ends meet and trying to convince these people. And Melinda was talking to one of the people says, it's going to cost thousands of dollars to reverse it. You might as well forget it. I knew the devil was speaking to us, right? So we began to pray. We began to pray. He says, Lord, all things are possible for you. You know, and you, you're the God who parted the Red Sea. You are the God who changed the water into wine. You are the God who brought manna from heaven. You're the God who made the sun and the moon to stay. You are the God who created the visible and the invisible. And Lord, we thank you. We break this curse in the name of Jesus. I mean, I'm telling you, at that point of time, I mean, there were, I mean, the whole demon host was just surrounding us with loads of burdens of depression, defeat, you know. I mean, those voices were screaming loud as it could be inside my soul. I might as well give up, you know. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Besides, you're here in South Korea, thousands of miles away. What are you going to do, you know? Well, we began to pray. We began to pray. We broke the power of Satan over the mortgage company. Then we got hold of a name there of a guy who had the power to make decisions. Says, Lord, he's not the decision maker. You are the decision maker. Somebody on the phone says, well, it now it's up to John W. Okay? It's up to him. And we said, no, it's not up to John W. It's up to you, Lord. Well, it went for about two weeks. I'm telling you. And lo and behold... The foreclosure was reversed. They made the decision. So things will happen in our lives if we pray. If we bring God upon the scene. You see? Now remember when Jehoshaphat was attacked by this great army. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people who were coming. He didn't get depressed or defeated. What was the first thing he did? He began to pray and to fast and they sought the Lord. 
And then there was a prophecy that came. Remember the prophets? And then they told them, hey, the battle doesn't belong to you. It's mine. You know, the battle is mine. I'm going to fight for you. Okay, just be still. Relax. Don't get trouble. Okay, don't be afraid. You know, set yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Woo! And lo and behold, what happened? Next morning, they were told to go against them. All right? Because God told them, you know, I, I, you got the victory. So they obeyed the word of the prophet. And instead of the army going first, who goes first? The priest. <laughs> That's crazy, right? <laughs> I bet you the priests at that point, they really wish to be part of the army, right? <laughs> They go first. And what do they do? They began to sing and to praise. Praise ye the Lord for his mercy, his compassion endures forever. You see, God doesn't give up. He keeps enduring. He loves you as he loves his own self. You're a very part of himself. You're a partaker of his divine nature. When you, know, when you hurt, he hurts. He fills your hurt. Okay? You know, it's when you're walking all of a sudden and you trip. Oh, ooh, what do you do? What is the first reaction? Right? You began to rub, to cherish, to nourish the leg. Why? Because it's not just your leg. It's yourself. You feel the pain. It's your pain. It's not the leg's pain. Okay? That's, that's the relationship between you and Jesus. You see? Nobody ha- hurts his own flesh. Efficiency. But he's cherishing, nourishing, ministering as Christ does to the church. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you. Ooh, praise God. Okay. So here is the statement. It's you. Just like Jehoshaphat was told, go forward. Now God is telling you today. For verily, verily, I say unto the stars, to the animals. No, it's you. It's a challenge statement. So here we begin with what? You. Right? So this is a challenge statement right here. And then, what does it say here? Next? Okay. Whosoever shall say. Next, we move from. Okay, by the way, we're going to just name this the line of attack, okay? See, follow me. This is God's strategy for overcoming, you know? Our war against the devil. This is the line of defense. And I'll explain it to you later on. And this is the line of victory. Okay. There you go. Okay. So from here Jesus moves to the concept of speaking. Saying. There you go. Jesus says whosoever shall say. Speaking. What happens? What is, it, what is it talking about when he says, whosoever shall say? Because you see, the, word is, the world is ruled by words, by sentences. When God wanted to create a universe, what did he do? He didn't toil or labor. He spoke the word. So he spoke the world into existence. Let there be light. Hello? What happened? And it was. Let there be a firmament, stars, galaxies, water, earth. Everything came into existence by the speaking of his word. You see? The Father is the creative idea. 
the desire. The Son is the Word that manifests the Father's desire by speaking it, you see? And then the Holy Spirit is the generating power that brings it into existence. There you go, the Trinity at work. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is the desire. He tips the Son, says, Son, I want you to speak this, this desire. The Son, the Word, brings it out. And then the Holy Spirit is a generating force that brings it into existence. Speaking, saying. Now, it's not your saying, but it is speaking the Word of God through your lips, of course. Then God, when God speaks to you, everything will begin to change in your life. All right, so we'll get there in a while. Now, let me see if I have uh, my notes right here. <laughs> yes. So we're talking about saying. Now, if you turn with me, let's see. Ooh, I think it's Ephesians right here. Yes, the book of Ephesians. Chapter 5, verse 17. Okay? Momentarily, we're just going to divert ourselves here. And it says... Excuse me, chapter 6, talking about the armor of God. Verse 17, that's at the very end of the armor, okay? And take the helmet of salvation, and then it goes on, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Now that, that, that little word there, word means rema. You've heard that word before, right? Rema, 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 okay? It means reality. It's a, it's, it's a word spoken by the Holy Spirit made real to your spirit man. So when you grab that reality, you speak it out and then it will become a double-edged sword, the sword of the Spirit in your mouth. Get it? Can you say amen to that? Okay, so now we got what? The sword of the Spirit. Okay. And then, once we have the weapon to destroy the enemy, the sword. What do you use a sword for, by the way? Question. I need some answers right here. Everything's quiet. That's right, to kill, right? And what, who, who, who are you up to kill? You know, who are you going to kill with this? You know? The enemy, demons. But someone may say, well, but you, you cannot kill demons. They're spirits, you know, they're living eternal. You cannot kill them. So here we have a problem, right? How are we going to get rid of the enemy if we cannot kill him? And then we have the sword, which is, you know, an instrument to kill. Well, very simple. You cannot kill the person of Satan. But you can certainly kill his presence and his activities in your life. Amen? Amen. You get it? Amen. God will take care of the devil at the end of the age, okay? <laughs> but you are going to destroy, to kill, to put to death his presence and his activities in your life and in the life of your loved ones and whoever the Lord wants you to pray and intercede for, okay? Amen? Amen. All right, good. So now we have the sword of the Spirit. Now, the sword needs an object, all right? Because, you know, when we talk about demons and killing their presence and activity, that's kind of a very generalized statement. 
kind of nebulous, right? We need to become a little more specific, you know. What are you talking about? Okay, yeah, I know about Satan, destroying Satan, but where is the devil? What is he doing to me? Do I know, you know, his strategies, the way he speaks to me, how he is twisting the scriptures and manipulating my feelings and my thoughts and, and creating pain in my mind and then through the pain speaking to my soul to emphasize his statement, to force me to bend my will to obey his, you know, his deception. There's so much going on in the realm of the spirit that we need to know, okay? Well, we need an object right here. And Jesus then, he directs himself unto what? Whosoever shall say, right unto this, what? Mountain. Let me read it to you, okay? Now notice how, you know, how it's becoming clear to us, okay? Here we have the line of attack. This is a divine strategy for overcoming, you know, your enemies and, and, and rising to new levels of divine freedom. It's guaranteed because it's from Jesus, okay? All right. You, the challenge statement, whosoever shall say, I say to you, take up the sword of the Spirit, begin to speak, okay? And then from then on, move to the next concept, which is direct the sword to the mountain. Let's go back to Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto what? Hello, this mountain, okay? Now, what is the mountain? The mountain is what? Symbolic of what? Opposition. An obstacle. What else? Blockage. Right? Hindrance. Interference. Impossibility. And most of all, Stronghold. All right? This all means the same. A mountain is an obstacle that is before you. It's like that Goliath that was challenging Israel. Remember that? Look how big I am. I'm going to destroy you. You little something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, David was kind of, you know, like a rudy and fragile or whatever it is. Like the and, you know, Satan speaking through Goliath, he began to belittle. That's what the devil does, you know. He will belittle you. Oh, you're trying to come against me now. Don't you remember what happened to you 10 years ago, you know, that horrible thing? And then he tries to belittle you and make you feel uncomfortable, unworthy, inadequacy, you see, until you begin to pay attention to his word. And then instead of going against the enemy, you begin to do this. I guess you're right, devil, you know, you know. And, and the stronghold will remain there for as long as, as you want it to be, you see? It's not going to move, all right? The only way stronghold is going to be removed from your life is when you take authority, okay, over the stronghold. There's no other way. You, saying, mountain. Now we are right here. We're getting to the nitty-gritty. Identifying the problem. Finding what the opposition is doing in your life. Pastor was talking earlier about intercession. Now, this is a very generalized concept. Usually, you know, we begin with, you know, the individual side of ourselves. It applies to us first. Because how can you bring a cup of water to those who are thirsty if you're dried inside? You see, you need to fill yourself until, you know, your cup is running over. And then you don't have to worry to 
you know, to, to uh, refresh those who are in need because it's just going to flow through you. <laughs> okay? You understand what I'm saying? Give a clap offering to the Lord right now. Go ahead. I want to keep your level of excitement up, okay? All right, good. So, we're beginning to identify the problem. If it is a sickness, a pain, a headache, a migraine, a fear, a worry, or, you know, if your money is like a chatterbox, you feel that there are voices that are speaking to you all the time. There's no way you can get rid of it, right? So, there, you got to do something against it, unless, you know, you just want to, you know, resignate to live with, with the problem. Many people do that, you know, but I don't think, you know, it's, it's what God wants to do, and you're not going to be a happy person, all right? You need to take authority. You need to do like David and go against the problem, confront the problem. Run against it instead of running away from it, you see? Our pastor was talking about intercession before, you see? And it's, we can pray for our church. We can pray for the community. We can pray for the congregation. But intercession is very important, you see? This will work for intercession just as much as it will work for your, you know, for your own private life, in your own private life. Now, there are spirits right here in this city. Oh, my gosh, there is. You know, when I came here, I realized that there's so much, so much shamanism, Confucianism, Buddhism is embedded in the culture. And I was going around teaching, you know, we had about 25 minutes since we came here since last November. And then I realized that many churches like you guys are alive in the spirit and you're willing to learn and go forward, you know, and fight the enemy. But then I realized there were some other churches that are very passive when it comes to spiritual warfare. And, you know, they are excited to the things of the spirit to a certain extent, but they're looking for experiences, you see. Do it all for me, that kind of an attitude, you see. You know, I want to come forward, just pray for me, just speak some kind of nice little word and send, you know, send me home, okay. And I'll be back next week to, to be prayed for the same thing again, of course, you know. Uh, and then I, I began to pray and to pray, and then I realized that there's something in the culture here, you see. I love Korea. I think Korea is great, you know what I mean? I love everything love the food, I love the people, don't get me wrong. But, you know, no matter where I go, I always discern what's going on because the only way you can correct a problem is by finding the solution, right? Satan creates the problem, but Jesus, you know, brings the solution. <laughs> He's the problem solver, all right? So uh, there's certain things that we need to pray in the churches here about that passive spirit, you see? It's a passive spirit, that, that Confucianism, that Buddhism... That, uh, what is the other one that I said before? Shamanism, or ancestral, whatever. The, that, that's demonic. It's not just culture. I mean, it's embedded in the culture. No, you know, no question. But those are spirits, you see. And then what's happening is, uh, well, most of you, you know, you are kind of westernized, you know. <laughs> and I'm not saying that the West is right, okay. We've got a lot of back more, more problems here than there than here, okay. You know, but... Uh, but you see it from a different perspective. But the people that are that they've been living here, they don't, they, don't, they don't see it another way. We see it. See, so we need to pray. We need to intercede. You see, we need to break that spirit. We need to, you know that they, because it has a, a lot to do with people in Korea coming to the Lord. I know that Korea has like what 25 percent Christians here. How much is it? I mean, it's a great percentage compared with Japan and you know China, whatever. You know, I mean, it's, it's just a blessing. It's great. You know. But uh, still, we don't want 25%. How much do we want? 100%, right? How much Jesus wants? 25? He wants 101%, okay? All right? 
We want to pray for the churches because we want the churches to become strong. We want to have, you know, church unity here in Korea and Seoul. We don't want to have all... I like what Pastor was saying before. You see, he wants to interact with churches. He wants to interact with Pastor. This is not just our own kingdom, all right? The knight and shiny armor with his own army, okay? And we don't want anybody here. When we get to heaven, we're going to have our own city there, our own kingdom and everything, right? Right, correct? (laughs) You know? There's an old joke. Some people, you know, they, they just arrived to heaven and Jesus lets them in. And then, you know, he, walk, you know, he lets them on into the kingdom. And then they see another city far away apart. And they say, Lord, what's going on over there? Shh, don't say anything. They think they are the only ones that made it to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, here we're talking about Intercession. We're talking about, you know, intercession, rather, you know, either for your own, you know, you know, for yourself or, or for the person or, you know, the churches or whatever you're praying for. We begin with you, the challenge statement, that you are the whosoever. Then we move on into the saying, take up the sword of the spirit, okay? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty through God, the spirit, for the pulling down of what? Strongholds, Okay. Then from then, once we begin to arm ourselves and stand up, okay, like Ezekiel 37, prophesy, prophesy unto the dry bones. And there was a great shaking. And all the bones, you know, began to make noise and they stood up. And then the Holy Spirit, God's breath, enter in. And there was a great army. That's what we're looking for here, okay? That's what we're talking about, okay? So from here, we move with the sword. We're armed right now. And who, who do I fight, Lord, with? You know, what do I do with this sword here? And God will show you. There it is. That's the problem. That's how the enemy is coming against you. That's what he's doing to you. That's the way he speaks to your mind. That's the way he attacks your, your body. Oh, he's attacking you circumstantially. And then he, you'll move on and you'll go to the next. Oh, now he's going to show you how to pray for your church. How many of you pray for pastor? How many, how many hours, minutes, seconds? How many? I'm going to be polite, pastor. How many hours a week do you pray for your pastor? <coughs> okay, how many minutes? How many minutes? <coughs> how many seconds? Wow. Silence. Okay, great. All right. I would say, and I, I, I say this no matter where I go, you need to pray at least five minutes a day for your pastor. <laughs> at least. I mean, at least. And the idea will be at least 15 minutes, right? And, you know, you can just turn on the TV off, you know, whatever you want to do, okay? You know? And because, you know, because your pastor, he's the main target of demonic attack. If Satan can get rid of the pastor, he can undermine the congregation to a, to a great extent, you see? So you need to pray for this man. You need to, at least 15 minutes, you have to bind all the opposition coming against his mind, his physical body, his family, Pray for him and his wife every day, 15 minutes a day, okay? And then in the beginning, will be, you know, will be kind of like uncomfortable, but then after a while, it becomes habitually sweet. You create the habit. We're creatures of habits, you see? Then you won't feel that, oh, man, how much time do I have to go with this? 15 minutes will go just like 15 seconds. And maybe it will go longer, I don't know, because the Holy Spirit will begin to show you things that you need to pray for. You need to bind and lose, you know, come against or whatever. 15 minutes a day. Then if we can have maybe half the church pray for pastor, 
Half the church pray for the church. I mean, one-third pray for pastor. One-third pray for the church. And one-third pray for the community. You see, buying all the opposition around this church. Now, what is the main... Uh, do you do campus ministry here, by the way? Do you? Okay, there you go. That's the battlefield right there, okay? You get, you get to buy in all those intellectual, philosophical, atheistic, whatever scientific spirits there. Do you think you're just going to go there and the devil is going to just stand still there and let you go and just save the whole campus? Oh, come on, okay? Do you really believe that? You know, there's an old joke. I like to, you know, a few jokes just to make the message a little lighter, you know what I mean? We become so serious after a while. And there was a, it was a Saturday night, and two demons come to one of those, uh, I mean, to a prince, a principality there, right? These were lower, little demons, right? And then he said, okay, we're, we're, we're Satan. We have a hot case here, you know, Saturday night, and we're having trouble with this guy. We're trying to tempt him, you know, but uh, we need his advice, master, expert advice. And then the other senior demon said to them, don't you know? And they said, what? No, we don't know. What? Well, you know, the master prince is sleeping right now. What do you mean? It's Saturday night. You know, you know we need his, uh, his advice. Well, the problem is that, well, he said, he's sleeping because tomorrow is Sunday. He has to get up early to go to church. <laughs> He never misses, you know, a service. Perfect attendance, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so, now that brings a message to you, that there's a spiritual warfare going on. We cannot take it lightly, okay? Now, if you read the gospel, you'll see that Jesus was continually clashing with the enemy. I mean, it was a continuous kind of a fight, you see? Either when the enemy sp spoke through the Pharisees and the Sadducees or... Uh, or was a demon-possessed case, or, or, you know, there was always a clashing with the enemy, you see? Because his kingdom is not of this world, and he's invading the enemy's kingdom, so there's going to be a clash, and you're not of this world. You see, you're in enemy's territory right now, okay? So there's going to be a clash. Now, you can play it passive, or you can just pick up the sword and begin to fight, you see, and identify the problem in your life or whatever. And then from here, once you identify the problem, you're ready to move to the next strategy. And what is this here? Jesus talks about what? Look. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, removal. Removal of the problem. I mean, you can have the sword, and you can identify the problem, and you can actually know what the enemy is doing to you, but if you don't take authority, it's not going to do you any good. <laughs> right? Faith without works, book of James, is what? Dead. Faith without corresponding actions. That's the word in the original. You know? Works means corresponding actions, all right? You can, you know, you can know about the problems. You can know how the enemy is attacking you. You know, you hear people that say, well, this is what Satan is doing to me, you know. Da -da -da -da, you hear all the negative message. But that there's, no, there's no energy there. There's no the kind of attitude that wants to go against the problem, come against the Jericho fortress and begin to, and begin to resist. You see what I mean? An attack until that thing is destroyed. But that's what God is looking for in our lives, okay? And this is the door that is going to lead you into the promised land. Okay? 
The door that no man can shut. There's no demon. There's no man. There's nothing in this world that will be able to shut the world. And when you begin to act on God's strategy, when you begin to use the line of attack, so now what's happening? You need to, what? Take authority. So removal speaks of what? Elimination, right? Woo! Now picture a tree, no? They say that usually the roots of the trees go as deep as the tree, as the height of the tree, right? Okay, so Jesus is talking, he's saying here, no matter how, how complex, how impossible is what you're going through. When you talk, when you speak, when you speak the word, not just your own natural thinking, the words that are coming from your own, you know, mind. I'm talking about the word of God being spoken through your lips, okay? And you attack the problem. Okay, now you're going to begin to see results. You begin to say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you are defeated. You are under my feet. You are powerless. Your sickness, your pain, your disease, your fear, your worry, your doubt, your double-mindedness, your envy, your jealousies, your resentment, your depression, your hatred, your unforgiveness, have no power over me. And when that voice and image keeps speaking to you, you know, you just keep directing, all right, the word into your thinking. Against the image and the voice. And you don't give up. Even if it gets louder and louder, you keep going forward like David did. When the enemy advances one inch, you go two inches and three inches and four inches or whatever it is. You don't give in the time of the day. And if you just stand there resisting, like the Bible says, resist. Resist. Resist means go in contrary motion. Don't go back. Okay? You know, and there's going to be pain and there's going to be affliction and tribulation. But you just keep going. You don't give up. Resist. Then you're going to see result. You're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, when we go through trials, of course, it always seems like we're not going to make it. Uh, when was that? About 10, 11 years ago, I was attacked with a profound urinary tract. I was bleeding like crazy. One day, just was the evil, you know, the, when was that, Melinda? The day of my birthday, right? It's like Satan was giving me a birthday present. <laughs> my gosh. I was just bleeding through my urinary tract. Pieces of plasticious were passing through. In three or four days, I lost I don't know how many pounds. And uh, I just felt like the Lord told me, you know, I, I, I'm going to take you through this thing, okay? Trust in me, all right? Uh, well, it took me a while to make up my mind, and I decided to trust in the Lord. <laughs> and this is what the Lord brought to me, this scripture here, Mark 11:23, and then all the other scripture from uh, Matthew 8:17, which is in Isaiah 53. Uh, says, surely he carried our sickness and bore our pain and diseases by his stripes we were healed. But those two, two scriptures be, became, a, you know, the lifeguard in the storm, you see. The battle went for through, I don't have time tonight to go through the whole, you know, to, to, to give this testimony, but I'm going to simplify it. It, went, uh, it took eight days. And, you know, uh, on the fifth day, the bleeding, you know, uh, diminished and I was elated, of course. Wow, man, praise God. Hallelujah. You know, you know, I guess just, you know, God is faithful, you know, he's with me, you know, you know. I was all like, you know, like a mucho macho man, you know. <laughs> and then on the morning of the sixth day, the bleeding reappears again. And now the powers of darkness came running against me like a pack of ferocious wolves at that point, you know, screaming more than ever. You were just kidding yourself, you know what I mean? You know, your body's just readjusting itself for the awful things that are going to, you know, will come next, okay? 
it was you just made it up. You know, God is not with you. He's not going to heal. There's no such a thing as healing. You're just making it up all in your mind, okay? And it makes sense at that point, okay? When you're going through the trial, right, it makes sense. It makes sense to your flesh. It makes sense to your logic. It makes sense to your reason, you see? Because that how, that's how the enemy, you know, speaks to you through those channels, all right? But and I knew that God cannot lie. See, I, I, all of a sudden God spoke to me and comforted me and said, Hey, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall not do it? Has he spoken and shall not make it good? When I just kind of, you know, I just chant inside that scripture. You know what I mean? Just, you know, and I just, you know, and I went to sleep that night. And I just, Lord, my, my, my life is in your hands, I said, okay? Whatever it happens, I'm trusting in the word. Well, in the morning of the eighth day, boom. The bleeding dried out. Just disappeared completely. I felt like I was just risen from the dead again. All right. So here, I wish I had more time to explain to you with more detail, but it's not possible. It's the same principle right here. You see? I mean, it's you speaking the word, identifying the problem, and then affecting the what? The removal and the elimination. In order to do that, what you need? You need to take authority. Okay? Because the only way you can remove something from your life, you need to take authority. Now, the word authority in the Greek means the right to rule. Made simple for you, okay? The word means the right to rule. Every time you see that word authority in the Bible means the right to rule. God has given you the right to rule on his behalf in this world. That's power of attorney. Okay, you are his agent. You're his representative. You're watching for his interest, you see? And you are here to, to, uh, to uh, establish governmental rule on his behalf in this world. Oh! Give a clap offering to the Lord right now. Again. You see, when Jesus says, as my Father has sent me, so I send you, now you're getting the message. As my Father has sent me, so means in the same exact manner. I am sending you. Woo! Now let's go to the gospel and see what Jesus was doing in the gospel. That's what he wants you to do right now. Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. What else? Heal the sick, save the lost, and the list goes on. Oh, no, that was only for Jesus on 2,000 years ago. The devil. No, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As my Father has sent me, so I send you. Okay? There you got it. Okay, so we're talking about the right to rule here. Right to rule. Okay? So Jesus says, I think it's in what? Luke chapter 9 or chapter 10, I don't recall well. He says, I give you authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness. That's, I give you the right to rule, you see. But you, God is not going to twist your arm or force you to this, do things contrary to your choice. You see? Choices. He's waiting for your will to line itself with his word. And then he'll move through that channel. You see, that's how it works. All right? There's no other way. That's why in the, uh, where is that? What is that? Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, If you're willing and obedient, 
you shall eat the good of the land, the promised land. Right? Good. Now, here we have the whole concept, the line of attack. If you have a little paper and a pen, you know, just, you know, right? Or if you have your cell phone, you know, take a snap, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever. That's what most people do in churches. Okay. Good. Now we're ready to move to the next, you know, theater of war. Okay. Now we began with what? With a line of attack. We've seen the concept, you know, how to attack the enemy. All right. Just four stages right here. Very simple. Okay. Even a 12 years old can grasp this. Okay. And learn it and, you know, and go on, we know, with the, um, uh, with the program. Now we're ready to move to the next line of attack, the next theater of war, okay? Which is the line of defense. The line of defense. Now Jesus said, notice on, on these verses, after he talks about the removal and the elimination cast into the sea, the sea was a place of forgetfulness, right? When something was cast, in, cast into the sea, it meant that it was just went into the never-never land, okay? It's gone, like it doesn't exist, all right? All right? So now we're, he's moving to the next stage, and, it's, and he says, let's see if I can see right here, and shall not doubt in his heart. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. But, that's what he's saying instead of Anshan. But, Houston, we have a problem here. <laughs> but, 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 here we're talking about what? Condition. Prerequisite is all the same, okay? All right? Every promise comes with a prerequisite, a condition attached, all right? It's a freebie, okay? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But there's a condition, a prerequisite, prerequisite that we need, we have to fulfill in order to effect, you know, the manifestation of the blessing, okay? All right? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you see, that's the condition and the prerequisite. Then ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. But if we don't abide in Jesus, in the realm of the Spirit, and we're not abiding in his words, in his promises, then there's no point trying to ask anything because we're going to ask amiss or wrong, and it's not going to be done unto us, you see? <laughs> That's how it works, you see? So there is a great, you know, Jesus always used that little if there, right, in the gospel. If, 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 right? So, even like I said before in Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you see that little if, that's a condition, that's a prerequisite, all right? If we fulfill the condition and prerequisite, then we're ready to move into the promised land. So, here we're talking about what, okay? You know, shall not doubt. Now, why Jesus is talking about not doubting, okay? Well, doubting is what? Doubting is a spirit, right? Is it or not? I don't know. Maybe the psychologist has a different interpretation of what doubt is all about. It's just a neurosis, right? Or a mental problem. But as far as Jesus is concerned, doubting, a doubt is a spirit. Double-mindedness is a voice that speaks to your mind and tells you, you're not good, you're not going to make it, you know, the promises of God. You know, oh, they may be good for the other guys, but it's not good for you, all right? Whatever, all right? That's doubting. The, uh, there's a worst scenario, all right, which is that 
every time we doubt, we're embracing the lies of the enemy and we're giving the, the Satan legal power that God will not, will not be able to dispute in, you know, in heaven's court. We see Jesus is an advocate and he's pleading our case, you know, but he needs our faith, right? Uh, our belief in the word, Jesus himself is the word, and then the word becomes our lawyer, our advocate. You see, and when we speak the word, the word turns into our advocate and goes up into heaven, and then he, sh he shows the evidence, you know, to the Father, Lord, they're giving me legal rights, they're trusting in my word. You see, and then the Father can go ahead with the program and just release Satan from your life and bring forth the blessing into reality. All right? Now, there's one scripture in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, that is going to change your life tonight, okay? Uh, just write it down. We don't have time to go there. I'll quote it. Uh, it says, Know ye not to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey. You are servants of whom you obey, whether sin unto what? Death or obedience unto righteousness. All right? So, you know, he says, to whom you obey, you become its servant. The choice is yours right there. It's my choice. If I obey the devil, we become his slaves, his servants. We obey God, we become his love servants. You see? And then there's righteousness flowing in God's heavenly court. And then the blessing of uh, the, the sentence of, uh, of, 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 you know, of a blessing is pronounced on your behalf. And then healing, physical healing will come, mental deliverance will come, whatever you need, circumstantial provision, whatever you're praying for, you know, either for your church, for, you know, the community. Eventually, if you stand there long enough without doubting, okay, it will come to pass. Another scripture that talks about that is also the book of James, chapter 1. Just write it there. I think it's verses 6, 7, and 8. Don't have time to go there. It says, um, but let him ask in faith, what else? Nothing doubting. Because he who doubts is like what? The waves. You know, the waves, is, they're being tossed to and fro by the winds. The winds of unbelief. The doubting winds, right? Tossed to and fro by the wind. Let not that man think you know, that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Okay? A double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways. All right. So here we have, uh, let's see, I just put the scriptures here. Romans 6, 16. James 1, 6, 7, 8. Okay? Okay. So this is the line of defense. Not doubting, resisting the devil. Here, notice that we're attacking here, we are defending ourselves and resisting. See, we're saying, no, I'm not going to bow down to your demands, devil. You see? And he comes and knocks on the door again. Sometimes he uses mental suggestions, subliminal voices, you know? Word and image repetition. Voice over pain technique, like I said before. Sometimes the devil will attack you with a migraine headache. And a migraine headache, and then he'll speak to you through that pain to intensify his voice. You see? I mean, I'm not saying that this is going to happen to, you know, to all of you. you know, we all have different you know, uh, 
Uh, some people never experience headaches, you know. I'm not saying that everybody here, you know, is going you know, uh, to go through what I'm talking about, but expect, expect resistance, all right? You might as well get ready for the battle, because he'll look at you, and he'll, he'll look, and you know, he'll, he'll take a look. Okay, here, in the, this is the part where the wall is, you know, is thin. That's kind of going to bring an 18-wheeler through that little hole there. <laughs> so, you know, you need to get ready. Might as well prepare yourself for the battle, okay? This is not a rose garden situation. I beg your pardon. Remember that song you know, many years ago? I never promised you a rose garden. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. But he says, hey, in the world you shall have tribulation. It's not going to be a rose garden, but rejoice because I have overcome the world. Okay. All right, let's go to the next stage right now. Okay, so now, at this point, we're coming, attacking, and then the, the enemy counterattacks right here. You see? And he's coming against us thinking, okay, fine, don't, this is going to just last for a little season, okay? I'll take care of him, don't worry, you know? you know? And then he realizes that you're not giving up, you keep going forward. <laughs> and then all the flood, the flood comes and the winds descend and the rains and everything, all hell, you know? You know, it's hitting home like a like, like big tidal wave. <laughs> and you keep going forward. We learned, we matured in the school of hard knocks. <laughs> All right? And then we're, at this point, God is already rejoicing over us. And he's already saying, hey, man, this guy, look, look, guys, look that fellow there, you know? All the angels and everybody says, you know, he's, he's, he's going to make it, okay? Good. Now, we're going from here to there and from there to where? Line of victory. Okay, good. So now we're already just arriving to the end. This is the time when the manifestation, all right, is going to appear in your life, okay? All right, let me just put that thing there, manifestation, okay? Because this is what fighting is all about, okay? All right? We want to reach the manifestation. We want to bring God upon the scene, all right? We want to bring his blessings upon the scene. So what, how is, what, what is Jesus saying at the very end of this scripture, verse 23 here? He says, but... But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Where is that? Shall believe. So here we have believe. That what he's saying, look at that, the word saying again. We're going back to where? Here again. Look at that saying, okay? But shall believe. Notice that believe is always followed by what? Oh, out of the heart and mouth speak it. Now you understand what Jesus said. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Alright? Because if you have faith in your heart, then that's what you're going to be speaking and talking about. Faith statements. If you have doubt then you're going to be a doubter, a doubting Thomas, and that's what's going to come out of your heart, you know, spoken through your words. All right? So, shall believe that what he says is coming to pass, he shall have. So, these are the key elements, you know, at the very end for the manifestation. Believing, saying, and having. Now, did you notice that in the beginning of verse eleven twenty-two, Jesus says, have faith. Have. Have faith in God. Half, half, half. You know, there's a, they say that the world is made of half and half not, right? Correct? Well, in the supernatural, in the spiritual world, works the same. 
either you have or you don't have, okay? All right, so we're talking about the fact that, uh, uh, let's see, uh, that belief is fundamental here. This is the core, this is the foundation, believing. You need to believe, you have to believe. Jesus says, believe, have faith, have belief in God, okay? You got to believe. Believe is a persuasion. Persuasion. Believe. In the Greek means pistis, okay? Persuasion. Conviction. Conviction. It means to surrender. Surrender what? When I surrender my will to the word of God, and I embraced it, then I, you know, I, Lord, I surrender all. What, there's a song, right? I surrender. Have you heard that thing before? You, you heard it, right? Yeah. I surrender. Go ahead, sing it. You're very singing. I know the Usually when they want to exercise, you know, they call me, you know, and they say, go ahead and sing, and then Satan says, okay, stop. I'll leave right away. <laughs> Melinda, sing that song, please. All to I. All right. What the song says, I believe all. I'm believing everything. I'm believing all, okay? All right? Surrender. Believe means to surrender. Conviction, okay? Convince is a Latin word which means what? Vince means to have victory. And come, you know, to give up, Okay? I don't want to confuse you with terminologies tonight, but you know, I'm kind of, I'm trying to explain it to you in a very practical way, okay? You stop down and says, I surrender, Jesus. Have your way in my life. I'm not going to fight you any longer, okay? I'm not going to fight your will for my life any longer, all right? <laughs> okay, so here we go. Have. You're possessing. When you're believing and you're saying you're having, it's yours already. But I don't see it. You know, where is it, okay? I don't feel it, you know? It has nothing to do with seeing it or feeling or whatever. You are having it already in the realm of the spirit. It's yours. Obadiah. Verse 17. Don't ask me the chapter because it only has one chapter. It says, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. There you go. Possess their possessions? How can you possess something if you're already possessing it, right? It, well, God is talking about legal possession against actual possession. And the house of Jacob shall possess in actuality what they possess in legality. There you go. Okay, now it makes sense, right? So that's having. You don't see it manifested in your life yet. In fact, the devil is going to be telling you, might as well give up. You're just kidding yourself. You know, it's not going to happen. You know, you know it's not God's will for your life. And if he can get you on that, you know, on, on, the, you know, on the thing that it's not God's will for your life, he said, what? Because it's, you don't have enough faith. That's what is not happening, you see? You don't have enough faith. And if you have faith, because it's not God's will for your life, you see? So he, he'll drive you crazy, you know, he'll just go, and if it is not black, it's white, if it is not, it's not black and white, he'll, he'll choose gray. Whatever, you know, he's going to resist you. So what you need to do right now is, I have it, I have it, it's mine already. 
And I'm going to finish with this scripture right now. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. 25 verse 29. I was, I was going to talk to you about the heavenly battlefront tonight. I was led to speak to you. I was going to speak to you from the book of Daniel. And you know the, what happens in the third, in the second, and first heaven. And you know how Daniel was able to overcome you know, his trials against the princes of Persia, but the Lord led me to speak about this, this concept here, because this is foundational, you see? There's no way that you can fight the enemy unless you have a, this foundation taking care in your life, okay? You're just going to be wasting your, your, your time. This is foundational. This will create that foundation that will, you're going to stand and you're going to be, you know, strong, and then from then on, you can fight and go to whatever God wa wants you to go, you see? From there, from here we begin, okay? Then we will move into the greater things. All right, Matthew 25, verse, what did I say before? 25, 29. And now Jesus here reveals what he's, you know, what he's saying right here in verse 23, Mark 11, 23, on Matthew 25, 29. Excuse me, please. Okay, where is that thing? 25, 29. For unto everyone that has shall be given. And he shall have an abundance. Wow! Did I wake you up? No. I do that every, you know, every once in a while just to make sure. You know what I mean? What's that? Beethoven used to have a symphony. He used to get very quiet. You know, I know everybody was drowsing at that point. Ta 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 ta! I know you're with me, all right? Uh, and to everyone who has shall be given. Everyone who is possessing in actuality what, uh, you know, the actuality of the legality, you know, everyone who is possessing in actuality what it has already in legality shall be given at this point here, you see? So when God comes to you and at the very end of the trial he's watching, Lord, I'm holding on. It's mine. I got your promise right here. Thank you, Father, that you're with me. Thank you for supplying all my financial needs. Father, we thank you for Brother Michael in New Jersey in the name of Jesus. We will live for a miracle right there. I don't try to reason how and why. It looks impossible in the natural, but we know that nothing is impossible for you because you are the king of the supernatural. You're ruling. Lord, you're upholding all the visible and the invisible atoms. You're the creator of all the atoms, electrons, pop, uh, excuse me, particles and molecules. You created it all. Everything is being held together because of you, Lord. We thank you for a breakthrough for that man in the name of Jesus. All right? Here you go. You're having already. You're having something that is not being seen yet in the natural. All right? But it's yours in the realm of the invisible. And God is going to use your faith to bring it to pass, to bring it into existence. All right. Good. So I'm going to get one-third of the church. Let's see. I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to just choose one-third myself, okay? Here, this third from here. I want you to pray for a pastor, at least for one week, okay? After one week, you're exonerated. You're free, all right? <laughs> here, here's the dividing line. Oh, let's see. Maybe I'm, I'm cutting too much, okay? But uh, here, like that. All right? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. 
Leave your personal feelings for the end, please. Okay, no, no. All right, here we go. And then this third here, I want you to pray for the church, all right? Pastor and his wife, one third, one third for the church. And then I want this one third here, right here, look. Or right here. To pray for the community. I want you to pray for campus, for the city of Seoul. I want you to begin to pray for a breakthrough. I, I, I want you to ask the Lord that this church becomes effective, that there's going to be more people coming to the church. We're not looking for numbers, okay? What we want is people to come here to get saved, to get strengthened with the word, and to, get set, and to be set free, okay? And if God chooses big numbers, that's his business, okay? If he wants 1,000, 5,000, that, oh, that's fine with, with me, with us, okay? But what we're looking is we want quality instead of just quantity, okay? We don't want mega type of a, a kind of that, you know, a mentality. We want big things because God is big, okay? But we don't want the mega mentality, okay? All I have to offer you is how, how big my church is. Look at that, 50,000. Oh, but, you know, how strong are your people? Oh, who cares about that? You know, when I'm talking about we got 50,000, we got to be doing something good, right? You know, when I'm, I'm talking about people that are strong, a strong army in the spirit, okay? All right? So I want you to raise your hands and pledge. Make a pledge, not to me, but to God, that you're going to do one week of intercession. Let's say, is, is 10, 15 minutes too much? It's too grievous for you to pray for? I, I'll lower it. 10 minutes. <laughs> Five minutes. Five seconds. No, okay. Fifteen minutes. Is that okay? All right. Thank you, Pastor. I want fifteen minutes for you to pray for, the, for South Korea, for Seoul, for the community around this church, for campus. And, and you want to break all the opposition, principalities, the powers, the rulers, the wicked spirits. Just pray against all those uh, guys. Bind them. Loose them. You know what I mean? Bring God up on the scene. You can use this concept right here. It's going to work right away. You know, just imagine that those guys are right here, okay? All right? And then the church, the church, too, this group here, okay? I want you to intercede for the church, to pray for all the people in the church, you know, that uh, God will bring forth a mighty anointing, you know? It's not that we don't have the anointing. We want a greater anointing, all right? We want more anointing. We can't get enough, all right? We want more and more and more and more, okay? That this church is just, I mean, whoever walks through this door, you know, it's going to be burned up because the fire is so strong here, okay? Good. And then this group right here. There you go. There you go. We're going to be praying for these two guys right there, okay? Uh, these two guys are here, you know what I mean? And they pray for you and they're giving, they, they, you know, they committed their life to minister to you. You can minister to them the least you can do, okay? 15 minutes for one week, okay? If you want to keep doing afterwards, it's, uh, you, you're on your own. But at least one, I want you a vow here, one vow, okay? One week vow, okay, here, period. All right, good. So now we've got the whole church right now, okay, coming against the enemy. Now we are, we're not just doing churchianity here, okay? Now, we're, now we're, we're, we're doing it the way God wants us to do, okay? We're becoming effective. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, all right? Prayer, deliverance, binding, losing, you know, breaking the opposition, and then bringing God up on the scene and seeing blessings and breakthrough. Can you say amen to that? Amen. All right, good. Stand up, please, okay? Good. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we already have the breakthrough. Lord, we're living in the breakthrough. We're declaring the end from the beginning and the things that are not from eternal times. Saying, God's counsel will stand and I will do all my pleasure. 
Thou shalt decrease something and it will be established unto you. Okay. And Father, we are decreeing right now. We're re decreeing revival right here. We're Lord, we're just claiming victory in the name of Jesus. We break the opposition against this church right now in South Korea. We come against all Satan's principalities, powers, rulers, and wicked spirits in the name of Jesus right now. We paralyze you right now. We render you powerless. We break all your oppositions and your hindrance and your impossibilities and your blockages and your obstacles in the name of Jesus. We claim the power of the blood of the Lamb right now. You are defeated. You are powerless. Father, we claim souls right now here in this community. Lord, Father, just send your angels right now and ministering angels and guardian angels and warring angels and archangels in the name of Jesus. And Lord, bring forth people into this church, Lord. When we go into the subway, let us meet them right there and talk to them. When we're working, we go to work, whatever on the streets, Lord. Let us become effective in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Lord. And in this very moment, I break the opposition against, hallelujah, all the opposition, mental opposition, physical sickness, whatever is coming against these people, my people, our people, your people, Lord. Doubt, fear, worry, disease, depression. I break your power right now. Receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive. Receive the anointing. I break those demons. Be gone from here in the name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Give a clap offering to the Lord right now. Okay. When we finish the service, if you want to come forward and, and be prayed for, and, you know, this is the best time right now to, you know, to put this concept into, you know, to practice, you're quite welcome. But I want you to, you know, to pray in the spirit right now. I want you to close your eyes to begin to worship the Lord, okay? You can 